When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Podcast on Fifth Ave. We were off last week because Taylor was on vacation and I was dealing with car troubles. So, Taylor, how was your vacation? It was great. I went to New York City, Times Square. Uh, yeah. Heck yeah. Days. I've heard yeah. of it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> How's your car? Uh, it's all better now. Yeah. I hit a PA pole that sent me into a different dimension. So, um, <laughs> got my tire fixed, but it's fine. No, it's not. But it's, it's okay. Now I don't have to worry about it anymore. But the Penguins were staying busy while we were on a quick little break. They signed Kasperi Kapanen and Danton Heinen, which was a bit of a surprise. I think we knew that Kasperi Kapanen was going to get signed. He's a uh, two-year deal at $3.2 million, and Danton Heinen a one-year deal at $1 million. I feel like Kapanen, people are saying he was way overpaid, and then Danton Heinen took a a very significant cut to stay with the team. So there's, there's a lot going on here. Let's start with Kasperi Kapanen. Why that number? Like what did he do last season that warranted that amount of money? I think every, that's what everybody's asking. Like me too. (laughs) Was he worth it? Like what did he do? So 3.2 for people that aren't aware that is his uh, average annual value from his last contract. So no pay cut, no raise, just the same. I think, you know, his last contract, he wasn't quite living up to. I think a lot of people did expect, you know, a pay decrease. Um, Mm -hmm. I did. I think something here was, so he had filed for salary arbitration. He did have those rights as as a restricted free agent. Um, And they were approaching that, uh, his, his hearing date. They were only, I was like less than a week away and nobody wants to go to salary arbitration. I feel like if it had gone to arbitration, he, he might've gotten a little less, uh, than 3.2. I don't know if what he would have, the, the difference would have been worth going to salary arbitration because it's bad for both sides because the way salary arbitration works is, you know, like the team and the player go in with like a, a contract in mind and they argue their point and the the neutral party, the arbitrator, decides which one. So it's going to be what whatever mm-hmm. the team wants, whatever the player wants. So, I mean, the players are obviously asking higher, the team's asking lower. When you're in these hearings, the team's whole job is to argue why this why the player's not worth, you know, you know, they, they, they have to tear them down. And I mean, like the player. Right. In the hearing, you know, that's 
It's just a bad thing yeah. to do for like Ron Hextall, you know, going to the meeting, talk about why Casperi Kapanen's awful and doesn't deserve, you know, whatever mm-hmm. he's asking for. So both parties want to avoid that. So typically players file for arbitration, not really expecting to go to arbitration, but to, you know, just kind of add pressure to get something done. Uh, yeah. Teams don't want to rip their players either. And I think, you know, there's mm-hmm. a history of, cases that actually do make it to arbitration and go through the hearing, the player's typically not around that much long after, you know, they, they get the contract, but the relationship can be damaged. They typically get traded mm-hmm. or sign elsewhere not long after. So knowing that, you know, Kapanen filed, I don't know what he would have gotten if it would have gone to arbitration. I don't know if it would have been worth the, the difference, but yeah. The Heinen signing definitely balances things out and makes the Kapanen deal sting a little less, but that's definitely a whole lot more than I was expecting. I think everyone's expecting. Yeah, yeah it was it was high. It was on the higher side. But yeah, like you said, Danton Heinen, way less money. Not Maybe not way yeah. less, but a, a significant amount less. And he he actually said that he he felt like staying in Pittsburgh – was best for him and had the best chance to keep this team together and potentially win a Stanley cup. So that, I mean, that's exciting on, on a lot of different levels because it, it provides some depth to, to the forward side of things because they still do have nine defensemen and that he, he wasn't consistent all the time last year, but he, when he was good, he, he provided some scoring depth. He was quick. He was, um, he tough, like he, he played a really solid game when he was on. So the fact that Hextall was able to keep him here and kind of take a pay cut, which we'll get into the salary cap situation in the next segment, but like that, that was a big deal. And it's exciting that they were able to keep him around for another year to, to kind of see what his potential could be and also just add a little bit to that bottom six. Yeah, I mean, because you look at – so the Penguins had him on a one-year deal last year. So he signed for $1 million one year. His last deal was one, uh, $1.1 one one year. And that one was kind of like a show-me, like what you do, can do contract mm-hmm. because – you know, when he was in Boston, he, he was, you know, a big point producer and he did have two two really good years and then he did kind of fall off in Anaheim. That's why Anaheim didn't qualify him. So the Penguins, it was mm-hmm. like a one year, show me what you got. And I think he lived up to that. And he definitely could have gotten yeah. more on the open market. Um, and, you know, he, he was a restricted free agent who was not qualified because he had arbitration rights too. So if, you know, he and Kapanen both would have filed, it really could have put the Penguins in a tough spot. So that's why, yeah. you know, cause I, um, I, I had heard, you know, from his side that even though the Penguins, you know, stopped, I heard this, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had it in our Friday insider that, you know, they were, they were still talking. There are numbers being like thrown out there, like in other reports that he was asking for like $3 million. And like, I, I don't know, I reached out and I heard, I was like, speculation, bad reporting. Um, and he was very open to, to, you know, salary. That's what I heard from the beginning. And the, the, the door was definitely still open to him to return to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had heard that, you know, if he had been qualified and gone to arbitration, they thought he could have gotten somewhere close to $4 million in arbitration. Um, Cause they do really look at, you know, past performance and mainly, Maybe yeah. goals and stuff in those kind of hearings. So that's not that, you know, far off. 
And Heinen did get other off. He left more. He left better contracts on the table to come back to Pittsburgh. Um, and we heard it was because you know he loves the city, the team, his teammates, the chance to win, and Mike Sullivan in, in particular. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's great to see from him because he does add some uh, some versatility to the because they do have a ton of depth forwards down too. But I mean, he's definitely an upgrade over you know some of the guy the depth forwards they had already signed early in free agency. So yeah, and like I said, it, it balances out the cap and deal that I don't think we were expecting to see. Yeah, that, they were both surprising in different ways, yeah. but the the money on the cap and deal was a bit. Hmm curious do, like is there is there any chance that last season was just kind of a a dud that he laid like it, is there any upside potential that this season he could come out and prove his worth in that in that t- kind of like dollar amount yeah I mean he I, I don't know 3.2 but he looked great in the playoffs I mean it was only you know seven games yeah. and he he wasn't you know finishing but we are seeing a lot of the um, you know, one thing with him, he, you know, his speed is his greatest asset. And I think when he was struggling in the regular season, it was because he wasn't taking full advantage of that. And he would, you know, skate mm-hmm. into the zone and slam on the brakes and, you know, instead of yeah using his speed. And I, th- I think in the playoffs, you finally started to see him um, play the way he could. I mean, the, the goals weren't going in. He was, of course, you know, Shesterkin was on the other and the guy yeah. on the, the Vesna, uh, but I, I don't know. So I think yeah. that was encouraging. And then also uh, two seasons ago when he was, he spent more time with Malkin, they did really have good chemistry for, for good stretches. Yeah. And now, you know, Malkin's definitely back. Maybe they, they get uh, back together there and they can find that chemistry again. So I don't know. I don't think Kapanen's going to, destined to be like a, I don't know, like a healthy scratch, you know, like he was a couple of games last season. I, I don't know if he'll live up to 3.2, but I I think he, at the end of the, this past season, he showed encouraging signs that, you know, he could be an effective player next year. Yeah, and we'll see where he ends up in the in the lineup. But yeah, o- overall, good news. Um, hopefully we'll see some uh, better, better outcomes for, for him and then having Danton Heinen around is another good thing. When we come back, we will talk a little bit more about the salary cap situation, but let's take a quick break. We are back. So the Penguins are still in a bit of a tight salary cap uh, debacle. Uh, It's not not great for them going into this season. So Taylor, what are they looking at right now and what are some options for them moving forward if there are any at all? Yeah. So people always ask like how much cap space do the penguins have? That's not something there's not like a one answer to that right now just because there are so many depth, you know, options right now. We don't know who's going to be on the final roll. There are no rosters in the summer. What you see on yeah. Cap Friendly, Puckpedia, those are simply projections based on what they think the roster is going to be. So there's no like answer, like you know, what their cap space is right now. But right, it, there are ways that they can get cap compliant without making another trade. But I still think another trade is coming. So okay. I wrote a story on the site, just uh, running down. So 
I, I looked, there are 27 different players who are under an NHL contract who could reasonably compete for a spot on the NHL roster. Um, and in, so 23 is the max. So 27, of the 27 they have, that totals 86.3 million in salary cap space, including the $2 million in Jack Johnson dead cap hit. So, they <sighs> hit, yeah, that, you know, honestly, if they didn't have that, this would not More be mercy. God. Um, so Jack Johnson. So, they have to get under 23. You don't have to go in with 23. I mean, you don't need that many players. Typically, teams don't go in with all 23 because, unless you need to, because you don't yeah. want that many guys eating the press box notches. Um or the soft pretzel bites. They did come back that reason. <laughs> but back to the soft pretzels. Um, 27 different players. So they got to get that at least under 23. Just for, so the, the depth options um, that aren't obvious. Uh, at Ford, Archibald, Paling, O'Connor, Zahorna, Kajula. That is how you say it. That's not how I was saying Kajula before, but that is <laughs> learn learn. <laughs> um, and then the the depth D options: Ty Smith, Pierre Joseph, Chad Ruido, Mark Friedman. I'm including them, even though they're on the, the NHL roster. But yeah, um, so they got it. They got to They got to trim that down. Um, so one of the the problems the Penguins have are that most there aren't many guys here who are exempt from waivers. So um, there are guys. I mean, you can put them on waivers and reassign them, and they might clear. But um, as far as the guys who are exempt from waivers and can be sent down. The only two are Drew O'Connor and Ty Smith, who both are guys who probably might, of, of, of all those depth for it and defensemen, are probably at the top of the list of like who could be in the NHL. But it's like, are they going to get buried just because, you know, they're the only two guys who can mm. safely, no risk, be sent down to Wilkes-Barre? I mean, I think Drew O'Connor is ready for an, a full-time NHL spot now after the way he performed in, in Wilkes-Barre. I mean, the reason he yeah. didn't get called up the end of last season, well, first of all, he had the collapse lung in, uh, I want to say that was Vegas. Took him a while to get back to 100%. Yeah. Um, and then it, it was like his his previous contract was an issue of – he couldn't get – they didn't have the space to call him up last year mm. because he had performance bonuses written into his contract. And if you're using long-term IR to call up a guy – you have to account for any potential performance bonuses. Um, and they didn't have the LTIR space to do that. So basically it was his contract. It was the lung and then his contract prevented him from coming up next year. He did resign. He's what let league minimum. Um, yeah. 750,000. So that his contract's not an issue right now, but it's like, but now he's exempt from waivers and he's like, the only yeah. Is so. And Ty Smith, who they got from New Jersey, he's a third-year pro. He's never played in the AHL. He's been in New Jersey full-time last two years. So Dang. he's going to get sent down just because it's the least risky option. Um, yeah, I don't I, – I wouldn't – I'd like to see both of them be options at the NHL level, but it's like I don't – I don't know. Um, yeah, what can they manage financially? It's just – yeah. Their hands are a bit tied. So if they if they send those two down, um, that leaves them. 
that comes down to 25 players with a combined so salary cap of 84.6. So a little over 2 million over the ceiling. So they got a, um, that's like three players, three depth guys. Yeah. So say you send down O'Connor and, and Ty Smith, you have to put three players on waivers. Um, and with 15 forwards and eight defensemen, that probably mean two forwards, one defenseman. Um, the uh. forward who <laughs> Kajula just, he's another guy who, you know, he was a full-time NHLer, but uh, he missed most of last season with an injury. Um, he, in, in November is when uh, he had the season ending injury. It was, um, it was a neck thing. I believe he needed hey. surgery. Yeah. Um, herniated disc in his neck is what it was. So he's someone that you could probably sneak through waivers. Um, I don't know how many teams would be looking to claim him just because he didn't. Yeah. Last season. And then the other one is uh, Redeem Zahorna that I would risk putting on waivers. Just he, what he's 26 years old. He's not mm-hmm. the youngest guy and he doesn't have a ton of NHL experience. I just feel like he, he could probably clear. Right. Um, it typically is easier to put guys on waivers this time of year. Um, Cause you think coming out of training camp, basically every other team already has their roster set. They know which of their guys they want to keep their health. Yeah. It's not like they're, they're looking to fill injury holes. So it's, it, it's easy to put guys like that on waivers and have them. You don't see a ton of guys getting claimed on waivers out of training camp just because the other teams don't have room either. And you look at, you know, um, how many teams are also in cap crunches. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so, and, and if, cause if another team claims a guy in waivers, there ha- there's like the intent to keep them in the NHL the full year because another team can't claim him and then try to send him down too. Because if they did that, then the Penguins would be able to claim him back and put him right back in the AHL. So I don't know if a team would claim like Redeem's Horner thinking he's going to be a full-time NHL right now. So yeah, I think those two would be safe. And then on defense, th- th- this is where it's even harder because I mean, of the th- the three who would, I think, maybe even be in consideration right here, like Chad Rubidoux, Mark Friedman, and Pio Joseph. And I think of those three, I think Pio Joseph might be the guy. Um, Chad Ruidal, if a team is looking for, you know, like a, a seventh defenseman, Chad Ruidal would be very appealing just because he mm-hmm. hasn't been in that role before where you know he can sit for long periods of time and then come in for a couple of games to be effective. So if a team needs right. a seventh defenseman, I think that's a case where you actually would lose, you know, Ruidal. And then same with Mark Friedman. And Mark Friedman also is very good on the left and the right side, and he's younger. So I think it would be risky mm-hmm. to lose Mark Friedman. Um, Pio Joseph, he only has, I think, like, I think 20 total games of NHL experience. So I don't know. Not much, yeah. I mean, and he obviously is very young, so that could be appealing to, you know, a rebuilding team that, you know, they could, like a team like in Arizona could give him, um, you know, the shot. Arizona is not even an NHL team. They're not playing in an NHL. <laughs> it's just like for different minor league teams. Oh, but, how embarrassing. Yeah, they could um, – so that could be risky too. I think something that might help Joseph's ability to pass through waivers and go to Wilkes-Barre is that he can only play on the left side. Unlike, you know, like a Mark Freeman. So 
Yeah. Um, Joseph, he, he had never played on the left in juniors. And then his whole time in Wilkes-Barre, um, the only time they tried him on the right was one game this past season. Didn't even last the whole game. They put him right back on the left. So uh, any team that would be putting in a claim would have to have an opening for him at the NHL level on the left side. So that really yeah. narrows down the teams that could potentially claim him. So um, that's still a big risk, though. Um, but so, you know, if they, you know, put Zahorna, Kajula, Joseph on waivers, send him down, and including, you know, O'Connor and Ty Smith, um, that would give them a 22-man roster, which is fine. So one extra forward, one extra defenseman, and $133,000 of cap space. So they could go into the season that way. That's like definitely not ideal though to only have yeah. that. That's not enough to call anyone up. And if someone, you know, if they're if they have guys on IR and they need to call someone up, regular IR does not open up cap uh, relief. It only provides a roster spot. Uh, and only a long term IR open gives cap relief. So ideally you'd go in with at least enough cap room to call up one player. So that makes me think that probably a trade is still the most likely option here. Maybe move out someone like a Pedersen or a Dumoulin, but Dumoulin makes $4 million, Pedersen just over $4 million. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do that, then you can keep P.O. Joseph in the NHL. You don't have to make that risk. Or um, you look at uh, some of the Ford options. I-, I don't know if I'd move Jason Zucker. I think yeah. I want to keep him and give – if he can just stay healthy, he can be an yeah. player. And, you know, I, I asked, like, Hextall at the draft. It's, he seemed encouraged with the, where Zucker's health is at right now. He's not going to need surgery in the offseason, he told me, and he's making a lot of progress. I, it was like a core muscle issue again with him last season. Brock McGinn maybe would be an option just because he is – Got a guy who's you know like overpaid. Um, yeah, just a, just a touch. Yeah, like just over like three million dollars. Um, I believe two point seven five. Yeah, so just right around three million. They have depth forwards, a bunch of them. Maybe one of them could probably do what McGinn does for much cheaper. So. Um, I, I, I still think Marcus Pedersen's uh, going to be your best bet here. It just I, it makes sense to move out of defenseman, I think. Um, yeah. And I know Dumoulin is someone, like I mentioned, he's someone that maybe you know p- people are talking about too. I think something with him, though, he, so he's in the final year of his contract. He's turning 31 in September. You look at the teams that have a lot of camp space. They're the rebuilding teams, you know. Like, like in Arizona – um or Buffalo, I don't know if they'd want to trade for Brian Dumlin, knowing that he's not going to be a long-term option. Yeah. He's not part of the rebuild. Marcus Pedersen, he's young enough. He's uh, 26 years old. A $4 million cap, it, not that unreasonable for him. And no, it's young, not. And he's young enough that a team like Arizona could theoretically um, – see him as a long-term option as part of their rebuild. And another mm-hmm. thing is, 
Brian Dumoulin does have a modified no trade clause that allows him to submit a 10 team no trade list. So you think of like the bad teams that have the cap space, you know, Chicago, Buffalo, you know, Arizona, Brian Dumoulin could just put those teams on his no trade list and then he's not going anywhere. Yeah. Why would he want to go to like Chicago if he doesn't have to? But um, Mm -hmm. Marcus Pedersen, no trade protection this year. So he has three years left on his contract this year, no trade protection. But in the final two years of his contract, um, he has an 18 no trade list. So if he's going to be moved, now it's going to be now. Yeah. Probably do it. It's not impossible to move a guy with an 18 no trade list, but in like the flat cap, it would be a whole lot harder after this year. So, yeah. Um, my final verdict, um, send down Kajula, Zahorna, um, and then uh, trade, uh, Marcus Pedersen and then keep, you know, maybe P.O. Joseph or Ty Smith in that final defense spot and, um, you know, and then Drew O'Connor, and then I don't know what you do with Drew O'Connor. I think you might still have yeah. to. Something, just so he has somewhere to play, even if you can fit him in cap wise, mm-hmm. he needs somewhere to play. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, they got a couple months to figure this stuff out, but luckily, yeah, because they're in kind of a tough spot and they do have time, yeah. but it's not ideal. <laughs> Hopefully, the, one way or the other, they'll have to figure it out because they can't go into the season not cap compliant and um, with too many men so either way it's going to work out but it will be interesting to see what happens if marcus petterson's still on the team if he ends up somewhere else if they keep certain guys up it it will be very fascinating to watch but let's take one more break and we'll be right back and we are back so, formerly known as Heinz Field is not the only stadium in Pittsburgh that has made some upgrades and edits for this coming season. PPG Paints Arena has also announced that they are making upgrades and improvements. Taylor, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I talked with um, Kevin Acklin. He's their uh, president of business operations. And I was just asked him that, you know, what's coming? Um, so he told me about a couple of of things and changes that are coming because I mean under Fenway and then they hired um, Oakview Group to to manage PPG Paints Arena. So mm-hmm. um, new ownership management. They're they're looking at a bunch of different things. Um, he didn't he didn't have an answer for how much of this would be ready for the start of the season yet. Um, that's still like an active discussion. But he did yeah. say that it seems like. Some things are going to happen this off season. Some things they're going to they have the opportunity to do as the season is ongoing. He, he did mention, you know, like October they only have three home games, so that gives them a little bit of uh, wiggle room to yeah add stuff during October. And then some stuff might have to wait till you know next summer too. But um, a couple things uh, happening. Uh, the biggest ones are uh, a new video board, and oh. yeah, and then uh, an. So I've been talking about this for a while, but the ability to project like video and effects onto the ice. So like what you see Vegas doing, um, you know, they're, they're really good with it. That's something that they're going to be adding um, new, like led Excellent. light ground, but the, the on ice projections are like the, the biggest thing. And that's just where, I mean, all new buildings have that now. Um, but, and you're seeing also a lot of, 
buildings that are much older than PPG have already made those conversions. Like yeah. The, um, the flyers, the capitals, and the lightning, all their build, those three buildings were uh, built in the mid-90s, and they have it. Um, so this is kind of just catching up to where things are going. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you see all those teams do really cool pregame, like, intro stuff, like the effects. Um, the Flyers have, like, gritty skate out and act like he's breaking the ice and then it shatters and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> but beyond that, it's really cool for, like, just, um, like, the, the fan experience. I know something mm-hmm. like the, the Lightning do. Um during like intermissions, they'll project like um, the shot maps from like the previous period, so you can like yeah. visualize that, and that's really cool. Um, uh, Ackland did also mention, you know, like what uh, the Lightning did during the Stanley Cup Final. If people didn't see, they opened their building for the road game, the games that were in Colorado, mm-hmm. and so like they showed the game, like the video on the on the video board, but then they also like use tracking technology to project like little you know player icons like onto the ice so it's like you could Crazy. walk onto the ice in front of you like a projection of the game being played so wild yeah, yeah. So he, he he did mention lightning the lightning is a team that you know that's kind of like what they were looking to to go for so um those are the the things i think fans you know are going to care about the most he mentioned other um they're looking at a bunch of things for like premium seating. So like maybe more clubs um, in the arena, um, a new bunker suite, which is if you like look to the left of the penguins bench, there's like a super premium area. That's the suite 66. They just, um, they have like access to like a club, like a lower club or so mm-hmm. they're about like maybe adding another one of those. And, um, I mean, in season, the people are like worried about like ticket prices. I saw when I wrote this, but um, they went through uh, ticket prices in a lot of cases were lowered for going into next season. Like, uh, Fenway, they're very big on like analytics, um, beyond just like hockey operations, but like with everything, like business. And mm-hmm. they did like go through and use something with analytics to look at every individual seat. In a lot of cases, seats prices were lowered um, well yeah so i'm a season ticket holder yeah. and my prices went down by like 20 dollars a ticket oh wow like crazy it it was wild not expecting it but they definitely definitely made it more affordable for most people to attend games which is exciting because yeah. you know looking at the the state of the team we're on the back end of the Crosby, Malkin, Latang era, and they're, you know, trying to get people to games as much as they can. And the fact that they were able to lower prices and and also upgrade the arena the way that they're doing is exciting because yeah. it's making hockey more accessible to people. Yeah, unless like you, the season ticket holders, people buying tickets are not paying, footing the bill for like yeah, exactly. The, like, all these like like projections that's totally independent from that. And like you said, yeah. ticket prices actually went down in a lot of cases. So, yeah, it's exciting, and it's it's just a lot of fun. It's it makes hockey fun. And another fun thing, it was Evgeny Malkin's birthday, thirty sixth birthday, this past week, and you tweeted pictures of his cake, which iconic, just simply iconic. It's a Lion King cake. Um, Rafiki is holding up a fourth Stanley Cup. 
Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Um, on top of Pride Rock, yeah, there are three behind him, and Rafiki has another one. Um, I don't know. Is that manifesting, foreshadowing? Uh, you know, uh, here's hoping. Cup, but it would crazy cake. I mean, it's, it's so it's, elaborate. Yeah. And like, you look at like, honestly, confession, I don't think I've ever seen The Lion King, at least not. Like, they're done really, it's done really well. The um, detail, yeah. Yeah, I, it's crazy. And then, like, you look in, like, the background, like, on the TV, where you can see that they have, like, Spotify going, and it's, like, uh, playing the soundtrack. And then, um... Yes, it is. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's, like, Can You Feel the Love Tonight and that, but then... That's it. His, um... Uh, Anna, his wife Anna, did post a video of, like, the cake being wheeled in, um, and, like, people are trailing with, like, sparklers, but, like, they're playing, um, uh, Circle of Life, and, like, Malkin's, like, fist pumping for it. I, honestly, when I saw that, <laughs> I was, like, I was, like, is this maybe, like, Nikita's cake? Because Nikita was born in the summer, but no, but this was on Malkin's, like, actual birthday, so... <laughs> I don't know if this it could have been like a joint party or whatever, but this was Malkin's birthday cake. Um, but yeah, like the soundtrack, Truly. but then you see like in the videos too, like there are like Lion King balloons everywhere. Um, and Malkin had posted on his Instagram story, he had drawn like one of the Lion King characters. And like, to, I don't know what he wrote on it, it was in Russian, but so it was, this was a whole Lion King themed birthday. Very elaborate. They went all out. Yeah, um, I did not notice the the actual soundtrack <laughs> playing. That's next now, level. So, what this is going to air on the fourth, so three days before mm -hmm. Sidney Crosby's birthday. Which Disney movie is he going to go with? Oh, that's like Lion King and Malkin wow. makes too much sense because you see what well, he has like pictures of him like with real life lions in like Russia before. He's a big animal guy. He he would wear mm -hmm. like this little. He wears like the penguin hat now. This is Gino, but he used to wear like the lion one. Which uh, Crosby? Dang. Which for some movie? reason the first two that popped into my mind were Hercules, and for whatever reason, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, <laughs> don't know why. Don't know why. But I just feel like there's something about Sid's personality that makes me feel like he would really appreciate the plot of that and the music in it. I don't know. I on Hercules does make sense. I could, I could see him, him being big into Hercules. I'm trying to think of like, I know he's big into like world war two era stuff and like history. I don't <laughs> think there's like a Disney movie that comes to mind. It's like based in no. uh, that era. But uh, I don't know. Hercules little mermaid popped into my head. I don't know why. Okay. Not for any particular okay. reason, but uh, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see what, what, uh, what Disney movie he chooses for, sure will. for his birthday theme. Yeah. I don't know. What if Nathan McKinnon hasn't had the Stanley cup yet? What if, what if he chooses August 7th? What if he gets done on the 7th, you know? And they have a, they have a little joint party. Joint party, <laughs> McKinnon's cup party and, and, and Crosby's birthday party. Oh my God, they'll I'm both excited. be drunk for like a week. Yeah. <laughs> McKinnon did say he was the drunkest guy at Sid's cup party, so he wants Crosby to be drunk at his. I can't imagine. Yeah. Uh, I guess no. at that kind of level, but I don't know. Uh, very we'll excited see. to see what happens on August 7th. Oh my god, me too. You just never know.
with with Sid, you never know. Truly. <laughs> what a treat. Oh my God. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. We drop new episodes of podcast on Fifth Ave every Thursday. So make sure you're subscribed, whether it's on our YouTube channel or wherever you, wherever it is you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. We will see you next week. <laughs>